Well, welcome back to Three Part Par. My name is Mike Caridi. I am your host. Uh, really, really happy to be back at home recording tonight, to be honest. As much as I loved traveling last weekend, I was lucky enough to be in King Island for two days and then at Barmboogle for two days. Let me tell you how difficult it is to uh, record on the on the run. Um, it's not easy. And then big thanks to Matt at King Island um, at Cape Wickham for, for his time. But yeah, editing all, all together on Barmboogle Wi-Fi. Uh, was a stretch, especially when getting it done and and sent off was between the end of my round at Lost Farm and Cold Beer. So it was it was difficult, but thank you for listening. And if you did listen, apologies again for the sound. It was a bit up and down, especially with the levels, but uh, hopefully this week it all comes through. This week, we've got a very timely guest. He doesn't know why yet. He will down the track if he doesn't already. Um, but from NZ, we've got Reese Witters. Reese, welcome. Hello, mate. Are you talking about the cricket or the rugby? Oh, I don't follow cricket or rugby. I'm talking about golf. Two out of three winners this week <laughs> were Kiwis. I was, as soon as I was watching the results, I was like, what a great week to have a Kiwi on. Uh, yeah, so we have a private WhatsApp group called Golf Fizzers, which you yeah. probably qualify for. So if you give me a request, I'll let you in. But <laughs> from what I understand, it wasn't on air in New Zealand, and they had a couple of people in Australia watching Ben Campbell coming down the stretch. Yes. Hong Kong Open, and uh, I wasn't actually aware of it going on, and and then all of a sudden there was a few people who had the inside word of where he was in the fairway, and there was mm. audio messages coming through, some picture messages. It was good stuff, and then we we saw um, Ben Campbell got it done, and it was good scenes in in the WhatsApp group, and then you know obviously in the wider news following. So big ups to Ben Campbell. It was a hundred percent. Yeah, we'll definitely get to talking about the Hong Kong Open, but yeah, I think. It was good to see good to see someone different win there, and not necessarily a big name. Um, and obviously, we had another event here in Melbourne that Ki- uh, Kiwi rookie won. So, have a bit of a chat about that. But before we start talking specifically about golf, we're going to have a chat to you, um, just for the people at home. So, some of the people would follow you online. You got a couple of different handles on the on the socials. But um, give us a rundown on you, mate. Um, how did you start out in golf? Because for me, the first time I started interacting with you, I remember was I was sending you a couple of messages. And we're both at the Masters, as you know, just a little flex there. But you were working, so what? What were you doing? Yeah, so there's a good time when I used to travel. So that I've been a, a, a full time, like my whole career, I've worked in the golf industry across a number of different kind of positions. But um, I've started off in radio, ended up in. Uh, the news desk from starting behind in the producer sort of seat like you're doing now and then I ended up you know writing bulletins and reporting on golf and then I found myself working for a digital agency um work you know doing a lot of writing and on the side hustles I was always sort of trying to position myself as a a golf guy had a web had a website years ago called Mr Bo Jumbles doing the the local golf scene this was sort of 15 uh, years ago it was, it was more or less like the, the times of the blogs and, you know, Mr. Yep. Bo Jones used, used to follow all the, the local scene, news, stories, whatever, just creative outlet. And uh, <clears throat> along the way uh, doing that, I, uh, I met uh, Sir Ian Taylor and he gave me a job working for uh, animation researchers, uh, Virtual Eye on, you know, so making TV graphics for live sports uh, broadcasts all around the world. It was a hell of a time and, Started off in cricket over in Australia, you know, Ashes, moved into like Formula One and all the other sports they were part of. But ultimately, we were moving, I was moving towards working on the golf where I ended up doing that for six or more years on the European and PGA Tours. So that's where you saw me 
Yes. Uh, we, we connected at, at the at the Masters, so we'd hop all around the world, did that for a long time, 300 nights a year, kind of living in a suitcase. Um, hotel life was, was pretty fun, but these days I'm at home living a normal life with a cat and, and just, uh, <laughs> yeah, by the beach in Gisborne. I think it's, um when you think about golf and, and the way it's been televised, it has, as much as we all, you know, shit on golf telecasts a lot, it has drastically changed. I mean, I remember the first time they started doing drawings. Um, then it was drone flyovers, and it was like, wow. But if you think about some of the stuff that you have definitely been a part of in showing the golf holes and 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 that sort of being executed on screen, how, how different was that? How does that stuff all come about? Who who comes up with those ideas? The ideas can come from anywhere, but the technology is built by some pretty clever guys down in Dunedin, mm-hmm. and you're right golf production and, and coverage has changed dramatically i think there's a few things that have have, have led to that the technology I, i'll talk to in a moment but i think a couple of key things that really have changed the game in sports production are hd tv i mean <clears throat> you remember the days when you used to watch the french open tennis you could never see the <laughs> tennis ball on the clay yeah or if you if you scrolled through and you'd and you'd see uh uh hockey ice hockey yeah, I don't know what the hell is going on. You no, can never can't see, see the, the puck. puck. No, no well, as soon as you get that into HD, it's amazing. And golf has also benefited hugely from that. Like, you can see the ball pretty deep into a shot these days, even without mm. you know the launch monitors uh, and, the, and the shot tracking technology. The other thing is the, the super slow mos. Obviously, um, the XMO cameras, um, you know, pretty nifty bit of kit shooting over 250 frames a second. Um, you know, they they can just slow things right down to the the little nuances that you see in golf now, like the right down to the way the blades of grass, the sand is sitting and you know how the ball's sitting in certain places, the the movements of the hands, those little detail shots. So, you know, all those are driven by the production team, but every person in the production is playing a part with that. You know, the director is telling the cameraman where to look and he knows where it's coming. Mm-hmm. You know, he knows where to how to frame the shot up. The graphics team are looking for stories to to feed into the producer to tell those wider stories the you know all the different parts of the 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 production are finding a way to influence the story and move the story in a different direction if they can see something relevant to the producer that may or may take it so i think technology is a big part of it but everyone like to the other part of your question where does it come from everyone can tell a um you know have a have a role in um coming up with an idea or telling a story yeah i remember um i think i mentioned this to you a couple of weeks ago in my brain you literally you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you and you were one of the first people doing, if not the people that started it, that shot of um, the ball that someone took on the ground, you know, with the camera. It was the first time that you sort of got the look of someone's lie in a still shot. And I remember seeing it because it was Nick Mills who was on two weeks ago who was over there taking the photos. That was you, you were definitely involved in that. Am I correct? Well, oh, a little flex. I would, I would loosely claim that's my legacy i left on tv russell dawson who is the lead producer european tour productions who is the lead director of the open if you watched it this year i'm sure you did i did he's a, he's, he's at the central part of you know golf broadcast and he and i are good mates and we work closely with the production team during those days and, and they still do but they, they we're always looking for something else to bring to the table and and those are sort of before the days where we would connect to data feeds like you know, Shotlink and IMG mm. Arena and these and these companies that go around and, and collect all the different positions of the ball. We used to just have a, a small crew cruising around with backpacks and GPS uh, technology, 
sending through coordinates and we'd build the animation just based off you know who the producer wanted us to follow for the day so we didn't have as much data to play with but what we had is access and we were out there in the middle of the fairway um following you know the the top guys you know always the marquee groups where all the technology and tv are following and you know once they've got the ball position and they've sent me that coordinate you know we realized that they had an opportunity to be doing some other things so we just mm. we were sharing it through slack channels sending a, a an image and we basically we're just sending it back to the production and to the computer and we we made a you know a small animation on it just to you know, to make it look nifty, and and I still see it on TV these days. It's, mm, it yeah, gives me a little. It warms my heart when I see it. We call it the V lie. Was it the first? I feel like in, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the first time I saw it was maybe in the Middle East. Maybe. Um, um, Nick Mills got involved with us that season, and we'd been playing around with it a little bit before he came on board, I believe. But he was pretty close to the inception of it. And yeah, the Middle Middle East is always nice to tell that story of the lie because you get a lot mm. of those weird desert lies, the the stuff off the fairway and 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 the, and the that pretty rough stuff. But yeah, um, yeah. So Nick Nick played a big role in that, and, and I remember he did some good ones down at the Prezi Cup and in Melbourne as well yeah. with Tommy Roy um, as the producer. So yeah, we had a lot of fun with that. It's such. Yeah, a I remember good... one one we tried to get Nick to do was also um, it never really kind of took off, but I, th- mm. I still think there's a, an untold story there on the lie angle. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, it's nice. To, no matter what piece of data you've got, the the distance to the the center of the green, the distance to the pin, the the wind direction, you know, where that where you're sitting on the hole, that's all great. But everything does come down to the lie ultimately. As a golfer, you know, yeah. it's all very well having this data, but how how the ball is sitting is kind of the it dictates everything. Yeah. You know, and also part of that is you know how it's sitting in, in relation to your feet. So I don't think that's been told quite as well. You know, we've we've you see elevation in the in the, in the storytelling, but how far above or below the, your feet yeah, is gotcha. probably something that's not really to, told that well. Particularly on linksy stuff that's kinky and bumpy and you know contours you know, for for most shots. Yeah, it's it's something that I remember the first time seeing it that I thought, gee, that's really it's such a simple idea, but it it actually is such a good shot. Like I actually quite enjoy it because we've all as golfers stood over the ball and looked down at it exactly in exactly the same frame that you're showing it on the television the tv camera doesn't quite do the same justice as that as that really close up still but i thought it's just such a good such a great idea yeah it doesn't it doesn't and it's just done on a smartphone iphone or whatever the boys had on them and um low down and behind the ball with the orientation from behind the ball to the flag is what we're trying to do but you know you're right that look down on top is, is, is very helpful and the tv cameras just don't quite do it justice and for the traveling around, so how many years was it that you were doing? Uh, you on the road? Um, I was sort of traveling on and off for about eight years, and then some more time, you know, living in Dunedin, you know, where the company's based locally, sort of leading our team. Who we went on to travel after I kind of um, stopped doing that that side of yeah. things full time. But you know, they're all good mates of mine. I was down there last week for you know Ben Taylor's wedding, and he still leads that team with Elliot Smith and a lot of the guys who have been there all all all, all the way through. So. They're like family, and it's you know it opened up a lot of doors for me, and it's a at the time I'll always look back on fondly. It was pretty special, and obviously, like you said, is it some golf in there, some Formula One, some cricket? Favorite, give me, I'll say three favorite three events you, you ended up getting to go to. This is always a really hard question because <laughs> you, if you, you could have your favorite cities, you could have your favorite memories, your yeah. favorite events, your favorite winners, all these different things, but there's this. Off the bat, you know, Tiger winning at 2019. Yeah. 
at the Masters, that was that was ridiculous. Um, I was working on the feature group that day, and I remember coming down the stretch, thinking that this was this a poignant moment in in my life, and in you know everybody's life who was watching this, and I was thinking, don't fuck this up, because if I <laughs> fuck this up, baked into YouTube forever. Yep. And everyone will always Google 2019 Tiger Woods Masters victory. And if you go back and see it, I don't want anyone, I don't want to be reminded by like a graphics howler that I've thrown in the mix. So yep. um I, I managed to do a fairly clean performance that day. And uh that was a memorable one. You know, obviously memorable because of what Tiger did. Yeah. The the production itself that day achieved a, a, an Emmy for the sports production. So it's nice to be part of uh, an accolade like that in a small way. Um, that have... day, so we were, so again, I'm lucky I was there, right? So it it was the first time they ended up going off split tees, and it was like three a seven a.m. seven a.m. Yeah, three field. balls. They had the they had yeah. the, uh, the the threat of uh, storms that were going That's to roll right. through. So that would and, have thrown um, you guys into they, complete they, chaos. They panicked because it was they didn't want the the, the potential Tiger Woods, you know, this yeah. moment. To be disrupted and have to come back on Monday, they got really paranoid about the weather. I'm sure of it. Mm, oh, hundred percent. And 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 there's a, there's one thing I remember about that week as well is that had quite a bit of rain that week. It was just it was real shifty weather. It was that week. It was just very volatile. Mm. And they dropped all that cat litter stuff they drop around the yeah, course. That sort terrible. of gritty palmer stuff. And I remember going out for a walk on the course one day on a break, and it stunk. It stinks. And the and you don't see it in the pictures. But the Augusta National that week didn't smell great. No, it didn't and at all. It's, it's, it's just, you're, you're, no one will ever know that unless you're there. No, I just remember that smell. It was terrible. <laughs> As I agree and, with um, you. It was like a stampede through all the stuff they've dropped everywhere. But that Sunday, you're right. They went off super early, three balls. It was Finau, Molinari, and Woods. Yep. Um, and they got it done, and the rain never came. And I think everyone was packing up at like three or four o'clock that night, and it was off to early barbecues and celebration. You know, it was, yeah. it was a weird feeling. But um, yeah, I'm, I do remember that. For, for everyone at home, exactly what Reese described is it. It's like sawdust that they put down on all the walking paths. Because it's so hilly, they don't want anyone slipping over, and they're trying to soak up as much moisture out of the ground as possible. Otherwise, it'd just be a mud heap. But, yeah, the stench of it, it when it gets wet, was very ordinary. Very, very ordinary. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. So, Definitely, like you said, it sticks in your brain, that smell. Yeah, so I mean, there's 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 other events that stick out. I don't have to go too deep on all of them. Mm. The, the the Ryder Cups were, were massive. I, yeah. You know, the 2018 Ryder Cup and Le Golf National was pretty special. Sitting alongside yeah. my my good mates, just seeing that unfold. My wife and my brothers came travelling with me as well, and they were out in the fairways in the thick of it. And a lot of friends had to had the opportunity of travelling with us, wearing those backpacks. Absolutely right in the mixer when all this is going down. They're standing in the middle of the fairway, you know, while the players are discussing what club to hit inside the rope. So, you know, it was a it was a, a collective experience with some very close friends and family. So that one's a nice one. I remember the open at Royal Port Rush. Shay Lowry is mm-hmm. a favorite golfer of mine, and Tommy Fleetwood's my wife's favorite too. But, I mean, they, these are just they're just special memories. A lot of traveling, a lot of neat times. The Formula One's a bit of a blur. It was like a nine months stag do pretty much every year <laughs> and um yeah you come back to kind of dry out for a few months but yeah and then you sort of head into the cricket so a lot of nice times in the cricket doing did the drs during those days but there was a lot of stress involved oh yeah um, with, with with the with the golf you're, you're sort of just doing fluffy entertainment graphics and you're just sort of 
storytelling and just adding adding extra on top of what people can see. But in the cricket, when you're doing the DRS, you you know there's people's livelihoods at stake. If if you if you get something quite a little bit off, or you know that you didn't quite do something right, or one of the cameras was playing up and you didn't get the settings you know the way they should have been, there's, there's a certain cycle you have to go through to ensure that the data integrity is in place, and that's kind of part of the role. And obviously, you've got to stay focused. And when it comes to your turn, if you have a if you have a shot that comes upstairs, um, the whole the whole match can hinge on it. A player's career can hinge on it. There's there's a lot at stake. And and if you know that something wasn't quite right, it it's it, it's it sits with you for a while. And mm. you know, ultimately, that technology is there to remove the howler, and it does. But people, st- once they see technology, they think it means perfection, but there is a human element to it. So you, you're never, you're always going to have human error. You're going to have bits and pieces that are, sort of don't go quite to plan. But I think ultimately it's, it's it's a great thing, but it's it's on that end of the job, I, I think a couple of years doing the cricket was enough for me. Were you ever in charge of the graphic that goes up that says out or not out? The, the system serves up the out or not out you are the person who ensures that the wireframe that is the the virtual world is pinned to the real world yep. and and other kind of data inputs are you know reading and is set accordingly as they should be so mm-hmm. you're kind of just ensuring the system is set up to do its job perfectly and it gives the answer yeah so it's not like at a point where you could have screwed it up and just press the wrong you can't, answer there's not there's not a point up. where you can kind of go oh yeah that's out but I, my gut feeling is that it's not. You can't overrule it like that. <laughs> yeah. no. Okay, that's good. That's probably good, especially if New Zealand's playing Australian cricket. I'm sure people feel more <laughs> comfortable about that. Yeah. Um, and even yeah, outside of that, it's a mistake. We just you just blame it on Hawkeye. Just, just let it go. Yeah. <laughs> um, we talked a lot about uh, the metaverse as well. Now I'm gonna the Play Today app is an app that I downloaded a while ago. I know you've done a lot of work with it, but I also know a lot of people have no idea what the metaverse is. So. For people like me that aren't really gamers or involved in that sort of world, can you give us the explanation inside of an hour of what that is? Uh, yeah, cool. Well, um, the metaverse uh, gaming's not really been my thing. You, you might be surprised to hear that because you know working in virtual environments, building you know um, you know b- building graphics for broadcast sort of contexts. But um, my understanding is this, this is a, a very subjective kind of topic, but from my position the metaverse isn't there isn't one there's no one metaverse there's and there's there's all sorts of description of what a metaverse is um a lot of people can basically just refer to a computer game could be a metaverse it's a virtual environment um, it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be immersive using um, vr technology it's uh, effectively just a, a, a virtual environment and what our version of the metaverse is um, it's a high fidelity content ecosystem full of you know we've got production in there so you can you can watch video you can engage with community you can there's community chat there's a range of features in there and it's all underpinned with web3 technology so you know you can collect tokens which are minted on the blockchain uh, and, and use all of that good stuff we've sort of stayed away from some of the buzzwords like metaverse and you know blockchain and crypto because you know it has a bit of a bad rap we've stayed completely away from the speculative market trying to put you know, raise the value of uh, tokens through uh, their rarity, but we're um, we're basically putting the value into our NFTs or tokens into yep. the utility. So what they do, so you maybe you may collect a, a utility, uh, a, your badge with a certain utility, and it might unlock a unique experience um, at a, at a certain time. So 
it might that's where the commercial element comes in and it, you we could have um, brands or you know people of profile could come in and use it as a platform to do unique experiences either with their fan base or the or the audience from a from a commercial point of view so the the play today app is a scoring app yeah. uh, where you can record your your golf scores and that too is underpinned with the same web3 platform so you can collect uh, nfts on the you know throughout your real world golf play and you can you can see them come to life when you're within the metaverse moving around as an avatar you can dress up where you got some features on the pipeline to be able to you know skin up your avatar using um you know some new and exciting ideas but the two uh the two products are you know they're underpinned by the same technology but we've got further ideas to bring them together a couple of cool uh features on the roadmap uh an AI assistant where we are looking to, you know, to bring, you know, uh, a subject expert, uh, uh, to, um, you know, to life on, on, a, I can't really re uh, reveal what the idea is, but there's a, there's a particular topic we're going to have, uh, where you can come and engage with a character and it'll be the all knowing expert on a particular topic within golf. And it's going to be a pretty exciting thing to see rolled out in the future. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, look, like I said, it's not my, thing really at all but even i've played around on it wandered around looked at some of the tokens um even on the app for scoring i know if you say do your scoring for say royal melbourne west um you can get the token um award there for scoring at that golf course and other different golf courses you can get little awards that you can collect on the play today app and then yeah there, there's a wandering around so you can wander around the world of, of the play today world and you got stuff in there. You can see Grace Kim's there, and and I know that the big announcement the other week was around Greg Norman and Grace Kim. Um, I think is, is a Greg Norman putting challenge on there, maybe. Yeah, like yeah. Yep. So that that's live. There's a um, there's a there's a game in there. So there's obviously what I've described as the virtual environment, but the you know there's 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 all sorts of ways that the interactions of the platform can move. The, the gamifying it is obviously a, a big part of where we're going. We've got this putting challenge in there. It's called the Greg Norman putting challenge. So he's one of the the company ambassadors. You can go in there and, and, and challenge yourself to um, take take on five putts, and we've got um, you know like a daily leaderboard, and there's some brands coming on board in the next few weeks to really elevate that experience with a major prize to be announced as well. But the idea behind it is, you know, winning you know winning these these challenges, collecting NFTs, and then you know with later utility to 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 do something special or to do something exclusive for the for the user database. So. Yeah, it's 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 come to life in a pretty cool way, and I've been able to um, put used to my my skills. A lot of the, a lot of the stuff I picked up when I worked in the broadcast days with building virtual environments, but these days for more of a, a web and app based um, uh, you know uh, context. Yeah, I think it's good. I think at the end of the day, it, if someone gets in, interested in golf by doing this, then great. Or if people are just you know, I think it's just something something different. Anything that's different. Um, and and can somehow engage more people is never going to be a bad thing. Absolutely, um, I always, I'm, personally, I always find myself torn um, between technology and wanting to be offline playing golf. Like my 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 boss and I always joke around about this, but I, I love to just chuck the phone on flight mode, leave it in the car, or just um, you know turn it off and put it in my bag. But there's there's that side of golf, but more so like I'm absolutely deep into tech as well. So like I've I just have to pick and choose my times where I'm like all in on the tech or I'm, or, or I'm all out, you know? So it's yeah. like when I'm offline and flight mode kind of game, it's um, I love that just as much as I love getting into the tech and, you know, getting into the numbers and, and, and following that side of things as well. Yep. And one thing that we're going to talk to now, it's very different to 
the online stuff is this week I had my latest edition of the Links Diary delivered. Um, and there's another article in there from you. Well, it's under, is it, is it under Old Man Par or is it still, it says your name, photos, maybe? Uh, yeah, I wrote a creative outlet as an alias I use as Old Man Par, and it's uh, something I've used for two or three years now. Um, but I guess over the years I've sort of switched and changed aliases. I mentioned Mr. Bo Jumbles there, but yeah, uh, it's all me. Um, there's been a couple where I haven't put my name against them. Just when you want to sort of run semi-anonymous and put something out there, you might have to scroll back and find some of those in the previous editions. But I think I haven't missed a, an edition yet for the Link Diary. So I've been a, um, you know, been able to make a big contribution to what they're doing. Their project's pretty cool. Mm. Um, you know, Scottish sort of based news. Um, you know, you know, with a you know a, a strong photography, photos commercially light. They've they've really you know they're starting to scale now too, so they're, they're starting to get some traction. The, the subscriber numbers are going up. They're, they're, they're making traction just out there outside of Scotland as well. So it's it's really mm. exciting to be part of that. And I, I, I'm not I've never really considered myself a writer, but I'm just a, a, a storyteller trying to write. And I just have a lot of lot of weird things bouncing around in my head that I've got to get on paper. And the mm. more and more I, I mess around with the words, somehow they end up in a way that's a bit of fun to read. Yeah, um, but. It- yeah, the it's latest a, piece you've you may have read in there, the Grass Barber. Is, the Grass uh, Barber, yeah. Often these ideas are an extension of 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 myself or someone I've crossed paths with, or a bit of both. No, I think it's, I thought it was really good, and the photography's great. Um, it's one of the like you said, it's one of those magazines that I've got since day dot. Um, as soon as it's out, I make sure that I, I get my copy sent over, and it's not extraordinarily expensive. I think it's about delivered from Scotland. It might be thirty bucks Aussie. Um, which is fine, you know. That's from for, to ship it that far and have it have it there. It's great, and it comes in the you know the super hard pack, so it's not going to be bent or anything like that. Which is always yeah, they do a good life. job of that. Yeah, you're right. I, I do appreciate the way it comes. Oh, and just that, like you said, the imagery imagery through it is great, and the sponsors for yeah, very light. So I think Jones, I've saw my head so many Jones bags are on there, but there's not too many big. Yeah. Like maybe Callaway. Maybe I'm wrong with Callaway, but yeah. um being conscious of that. They could they they could be putting more and I, I think yeah. they've made a they've made a strategic decision to um you know make sure that there's there's a balance that they're they're not willing to kind of compromise and they also you know they have other channels. They've got they've got their their, their digital channels and they've got their their email newsletters and, and they you know the product ranges and bits of pieces in the pipeline. So Every time I connect with those guys, they they just always got a few ideas, and they're, they're just doing things at the right pace. They're not charging ahead too fast, and they just I've got a lot of time for and respect for what they're doing. So it's it's really cool to play a part in it. And the people that I've seen engaged in it, yourself, Stu Kerr, like people that love golf, and it comes through in the writing, and it comes through in the imagery. Like it's it just makes for a really good product. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No. Thank you. If if you if you've enjoyed what I've written, that's that's really cool because. I've, I've had a few people reach out and, and I, I also feel the same way when I see Stu's work or the other writers who I've who, who their names are very familiar to me now as well, but a lot of them I've never met. So yeah. you feel like you know someone when you read their writing and you start to yeah. understand their style and where they come from. So um, I think that passion shines through across the board from all the contributors. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's a lot of golf stuff. What have I missed? What have I, what have I not asked you about that I should have asked you about? Oh, that's a wide that's a one. Very broad um, question. Look, um, no, I just wondered maybe 
Oh, like, oh, that's what put me on the spot to talk about myself. <laughs> what have you missed? It's a well. I know oh, the only yeah. other thing that I know about you is you and I have the same Seamus golf bag. You got the, <laughs> uh, you've got the. Um, I'm sure you got the same one. It's the, I have a Seamus golf bag. It's sitting next to me right now, and I've actually used it so much that I've had to do a number of modifications to keep it soldering on. But it's not a pointing to their bag being through lack of quality. I think it was the very first version they released of their. Uh, Harris Tweed Sunday Harris Tweed, yeah. and uh, honestly I've probably played like you know upwards of I'd say upwards of 500 rounds of that bag um, yep. and you know thousands it's, co- it's covered thousands and thousands of miles of travel with me full time in my my suitcase it was kind of the, the it was kind of the ethos for me that really cemented me as being like a split set golfer when I was traveling mm-hmm. you know it, it, it was it was hard work traveling full-time with more than one suitcase so i used to get everything light down to about five or six clubs when i'd leave home for a big trip and i'd come home with about 14 but i'd only ever play with six or seven because you just collected them as you go but you'd stuff your undies around it a few couple pairs of socks (laughs) and you know you um it was it was a lot of fun that traveling with the light that the travel bag is just something that I, i would i never leave home without my golf clubs now yeah it's not i don't take my golf clubs necessarily always to golf i just don't want to find myself in a situation where i am invited to have a game of golf or there's a golf course nearby and i you know and i really want to play it and i'm just like you don't go running in someone else's shoes or anything like that no. you, you need to go playing with your own golf clubs so i don't I really buy that excuse where someone didn't have their golf clubs and they know that they're going near the golf club it's like well they've already just told me straight up that they're not really that keen on golf because <laughs> it's that's just you know like it's just in my blood and that's what i do um i'm actually on a mission to play every course in new zealand Okay. Um, there's there's somewhere between 400, 450 odd odd courses in New Zealand, um, and um, sort of around about the two thirty number. Wow. Um, so you have to try. I have to drive about maybe three hundred k from home now till I get to a, cl- a course that I haven't played. Yeah. But just last weekend when I was down in Dunedin for for um, the wedding, when we travelled through to Christchurch, and my wife knew sort of <laughs> gets to the end of the day, and there's a little bit of twilight left, and I've our little girl's just gone down for for her her bedtime, and I'm out the door to go and uh-huh. took off a course. Like one night, I actually took off a couple of courses in the same while like down in Geraldine. So there's That's a few right. pockets in New Zealand that I need a few missions to go and get the rest of them. But I'm I'm sort of viewing it as a lifelong goal. So that's um, fantastic. Yeah, I think I've got a funny feeling again. I'm delving right into my brain, and I you know had a big weekend drinking. So I feel like the first time I saw that you had that bag was maybe in one of the one of Eric's adventures in golf videos, maybe when you, you met him mm. and played golf somewhere. And I remember seeing the bag. I'm like, that's my bag. That dude's got the same bag as me. And you don't see him very often, especially back then. Um, no, you're right. The, um, the Parapara- Eric, ca- Eric came down to New Zealand um, a few years ago and um, a friend was like hosting him on his trip and, we helped him out with like a couple of people to connect with and do connections. And, you know, they, they were playing at the New Zealand Open. I was working down there That's and fine. we did their, their first uh, random golf club they did in New Zealand. So yep. we turned up down to Arrowtown and Eric put the word out there and some other guys turned up and um, my brother Jimmy was there and David Maxwell and, and then another guy called Peter Ballas who was a, was a me- local member of Queenstown. And then a bunch of these guys who were wearing like Vandals and rugby shorts and a few boxes of beers. I don't know if they were Eric's crowd, but they just thought it was hilarious. And they got they got pretty horsed over about three holes and then they just <laughs> left because they, they'd had enough. 
but we carried on into this most gorgeous peachy sunset in in Arrowtown, and Colt Nedley was there. Yep. Um, I think yeah, actually, we t- sorry, Colt was on your show recently. He was. He, he was. This. He mentioned you. He I did. Yes. It, yeah, he did. And he, and Colt and I talk about this round. It's it holds a special significance for me, and clearly him as well. And it, it was probably one of the most favorite rounds of my life. Um. Yeah, it, I think I very, think that's what special. it was. I'm I'm sure. I think it was he Cole, mentioned Cole the arrow told me You asked Cole what's his favorite route course, and he because that day he straight up said to me it was the best course he's ever played. And yeah, you'll know it if you've played Arrowtown. It is a bit of a giggle to say that, but it's a special place, and it is it's right up there. Um, yeah, it was a special round for me. It was the last round of golf I ever played with my brother Jimmy, and Eric was there, and David Maxwell, and Colton, some special people on a great night. So it was a yeah. I'm I'm glad to. I'm happy to reference that. I ticked a lot of boxes, so that's good. Yeah. No, I haven't played Arrowtown. I did I did go visit Arrowtown. I played Jack's Point and I played Millbrook and I think we went and had lunch in Arrowtown, but I didn't get to play Arrowtown. So oh, it's, it's a special on, it's on the list. Yeah, it's one of these ones that sort of doesn't get the fanfare. Queenstown's got the uh you know, a generous amount of golf courses that have the the glossy mag pitches, you know, Jack's Hills, Millbrook. Yeah. Um all of the all of those courses just are the ones that the international travelers want to come and play, but you're asking me you go straight to Arrowtown, that's where you go okay that's uh next trip over there it's going to be number one because i'm not i can't afford or i won't get a game at um michael hill's course either way so i'll go go to Arrowtown instead it's called it's, it's affectionately called narrow town and it's got these very <laughs> narrow landing strips as fairways and exposed that's R- rocky rock outcrop, all, all yeah. over the place so if you get one slightly wrong your balls it's just you're just you're driving into a pinball machine yeah it sounds, um, sounds like i need some golf balls yeah, you you just need to be watching your golf ball because you think it's landed down the left hand side of the fairway, but it's fifty yards right. Because <laughs> it's just it, it just yeah, you're going to get some balls that ricochet in some pretty unusual directions, bouncing around. And yeah, hell of hell of a lot of fun and no bunkers. No, oh, that's all right. I'm terrible at bunkers. That, that might actually work in my favour. It's actually a really good lead in to the next part, which is lucky seven. So it's seven questions about golf, but you, you specifically. So the first question is the favorite golf course you've ever played. You can't say Arrowtown. Wow. You can if you well, want. Okay. So I, I I I love a top five, but you've asked me a top one. Um favorite course I've ever played. When you played a lot of good courses, it, it is a difficult question. I'm just gonna say the old course. I mean, you, you can't go wrong with that's that. That's a good answer. No, that's it. Well, Nick Mills said um what did he say? Um, Pine Valley, which is also a fairly good flex. But yeah. the old course is great. I don't know. It's, it's yeah. It's, it's, it's obviously one that everybody... It's sort of like a, a different question. It's like if you got to play one course for the rest of your life or if you just yeah. got to play one course once and that was it again, you had to, to probably yeah. a different answer. Agree. You yeah, need, to, but, you need yeah. something that's going to mix it up each time, I guess. But like, you know, um, I'll just say the old course. No. Most second would be my home track, our penny links. No. What's the number one on the list of courses that you have to play that you haven't played yet? I really want to play Royal Royal County Down. Yep. Yep. Um, Is it, have you ever been close to being there? I've been to I've been to Dublin and I've played um, through Ireland and Northern Ireland and played a number of great golf courses through there. Um, my international list is not super huge. There's a few. Really, really nice courses on there. When we travelled, we didn't always get to play the courses we were working. We're often 
we pack up and fly on a Monday. They'd often let you know people within the production and often play on a Monday, but we would be you're already already boosted to the next place. So I missed out on a lot of opportunities, but you know, that reminds there's me of no really question. Did you when you yeah. were doing the media, did you get to go into the master's ballot? No, so there's a common misconception that TV production are part of the media. We're huh. we're not. TV TV people are blue collar when it when it comes to yeah. um that so we get basically tucked down the back end in a dusty car park with portaloos <laughs> and the media have this plush building down the other end of the range with wide glass windows, the 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 best of everything. Yep. The food that they roll through there is incredible. They have like everything is just the catering, like it's unbelievable because these are independent people who are going to go away and write about their experience at Augusta National, where effectively we are paid by Augusta National through CBS, through Virtualite to do our job. So we are their client and we're working for them to make them look good. So they know we're being paid to do our job. So it's we can't put our name in the ballot. But my my good friend Elliot Smith, he managed to um, weasel his way onto the course this year. He got a little invite um, passed his way, and and rightfully so. It couldn't happen to a nicer guy and he he got himself around a golf and i think it's just through longevity and just continuing to turn up he, he got his opportunity oh that's great that's really good i think it's uh yeah if you're gonna be there you'd want it but i have absolutely understand that it's it, it is a, a separate option working uh working in production um following on from the masters next question you can only have one the masters or the open which one the open yeah that's gonna be a very popular answer i think the open and the second follow-up B question is, are you winning it or watching it in your brain when I when I pick it? Oh, I'm winning it. Yep. Everyone's winning it. I'm watching it. I don't know why. I was yeah. in my brain, I know that I'm no chance to ever win it. So I'm 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 set to it. Um next question is which one's your preference? A striped drive or a flushed iron? Flushed iron. Yeah. The specific iron in your head, which one is it? Five iron, it's the magic wand. Yeah. Are you good with the irons or is it just something that you I, I love now? I love my irons. I've just I'm I'm always torn, you know, like the, if you play I'm I'm not sure how how your bag looks, but if you play uh, a bag that's less than fourteen and you sort of if you get on that journey and you start dropping clubs, I sort of settle with for eight or nine clubs. Yep. And there's a misconception that if I just have less clubs because of it, but people who play golf with only like you know less than less than 14 clubs generally have more clubs than people I, than anyone i know like i've got hundreds of golf clubs and it's like who's making the squad today you know who's who's <laughs> starting who's in the starting seven or eight or nine so you know it's it's often like this big gamble are you going to go a little bit heavier at the top end or you know this but there's there's certain irons that just are absolute locks they are cemented in there and i love them it's usually at the other end of the bag where the movement happens at the you know, around the three words, the driving irons, yeah. and the wedge play. So, yeah, I'm the same. Come and go. In summertime, I play the Seamus bag with the half set. Um, but what gets mixed up is I think about where I'm going to be, and it's odds or evens. So it's either four, six, eight, or five, seven, nine, and that uh, pretty much me thinking about which one it might be, and that's about it. So my irons are pretty much just baked, and they don't move. Like they've got a five, seven, nine of these. Hogan um, FTX irons that were found in the little secondhand store underneath Bocciolone's, and it's the it's the one in St Andrews, the little secret side door you get from the from the high street there. Yeah. And 
when I first saw them off the rack, I just bought them for uh three hundred quid, and then yep. the guy um the guy bent them you know all to my right lie angle and everything, and and then I became friends with the guy one of the club builders in the pink truck and he goes oh i'll, I'll set you up and i went in there with my five seven and nine and then i only took in three clubs and then he put these nice shafts in them you know ducks them up with the the ferrules and got them to the right length and everything and he even like changed the the, the lofts just tweaked them a little bit so yeah. basically that the gapping through the bag is really sweet but what it means is you can't go back to the your four, six, or eight because they don't, they're not really the same set anymore. Yeah, so those ones are just my those are the three that are just like they're the they're the backbone of my of my bag. I love it. Yeah, that that makes sense. And yeah, having a having the ability to get in touch with one of those guys to tweak him up must have been perfect. Uh yeah. A lot a lot of yeah, he did me a lot of good favors actually. Good man. Um yeah, it was it was a good friend to meet on tour. Um maybe a nice putter and he Actually, he he. I don't know if you you know Tiger Woods has got this part of the the his famous um yeah Scotty Cameron putter and it's got the pink grip on it. It's the only yes. pink thing he's probably ever had in his bag. And he went out to Royal Port Rush and he he asked the pink guys to put a a, a pink grip aside because he was going to make a an alternate putter for the week. I think he was making a slightly longer and heavier one. Mm. He never turned up for the, he never turned up for the grip. And the guy put it on my putter, so it was the one that he put aside for Tiger that he came never collected. That's so awesome. That's, it, my my putter grip was, you know, would never touch Tiger's putter, but it was it was it was earmarked for his putter. That doesn't matter. I just I just tell everyone I've got Tiger Woods' putter. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I tell people. But your, your podcast might, you know, people might hear this. They'll love it. They will love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, with the putter, is it pin in or pin out? And if it just gets really awkward and there's just like three guys who want it in all day, yeah. Just... But I'm old school, man. Get it out. You just get it out. Yeah. I'm not interested in seeing that in there. There's certainly a trend with these questions of the people that I'm interviewing because everyone's skewing the same sort of answers, same sort of vibe, I think, which is great because it matches me. I'm the same. It has to go out. Get um, it out from about 10 yards off the green for me. I just chuck it out. Yeah, it's coming up. It doesn't matter. I'm not. I'm not. It's not going to go in. Just get. Just give me. Give me a bigger. Bigger gap to aim at. It will work much better. Yeah, it's not going in. Just get it out. No, exactly. Um, time of day. Are you a dew sweeper or are you a half sets and sunsets? Oh mate, give me the twilight every yeah. night. It's the one. Dew sweepers where you move into dad mode golf. That's yeah. the. You're gonna be home by nine o'clock and you know yep. play play recovery for the rest of the day, but. At the end of the day, I just I've never quite worked it out with golf, and I don't. I, I hope I kind of never do because I feel like at that point, you know, other people might be working it out. I just don't know why there's never anyone on a golf course at, at twilight. It's the best time to be out there, and they're empty. It's it's just blows my mind. It's like what it, what is everyone doing? You know, why are you not here? This is perfect. Then I'm like, why would I want anyone else here? I've got it all to myself. Are you you obviously have daylight savings in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. Yeah, the best thing in the world. And I, I, I don't really like playing golf by myself. It might sound like I do. I, I'm much about the company. I just, any time, it's just getting out there for just being out there. Even if it's my my wife comes for a walk and we put it took our little girl out the other night, or you know, just friends. Even if it's just a chill few holes, like just get out there, man. In the evening, it just makes you feel so good. I agree. I think uh, this time of year, especially when it gets into the really balmy nights in Melbourne, because we get 
normally before we get a cool change, which after three days of say 30, 40 degrees, which we'll get in summertime, nothing better than, you know, 7.30 being down at the local course, three, four golf balls, Seamus bag, half set, speaker hanging off the side, playing some very ordinary hip hop and just wandering around. If sometimes I've got a stubby in my hand, it's, like you said, it's just like, why is everybody not doing this? This is the best. I know it's 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 um it's just one of the great times in golf and yeah uh, I'm I'm glad you've asked that question. It's just just thinking about it right now. So good. <laughs> you know it's uh what is it over there now? It's it's just after eight. So yeah, just probably... after eight. So yeah, if I was I did I did go out the other night and I was in just around this time, um sort of just gone dark maybe maybe ten minutes ago in New Zealand. Well, sunset um sunset. So you, know, yep. you can probably get come down the last at this point, but that's about it. Now, the last question's a tricky one because I think you're going to have a lot that you can pick from. So of all the things you've got in, in the golfing space, do you have a favorite memento or keepsake? It can be something that you have at home. It can be, you know, a, a pin grip that was set for Tiger Woods. It could be just something in your bag. What's the one thing that stands out the most? This is quite weird. Yeah, do it. But um, I... When I was traveling, I I collected some I collected sand from some of the most like iconic golf courses, and I've got them in all these little like spice containers, and I've got about awesome. forty of them. And they, when you line them all up, all the different colors of sand with the the name of the golf course on them, I'm going to make it. Moving into a new house next week, I'm going to make a rack across the wall. That's I mean, awesome. I've got golf memorabilia for Africa, and I can't wait to deck it out of the house. But that. That's amazing, and, and and as you can imagine, the one from Augusta National is just a, a brilliant. White. I wasn't even going to ask. Like a, it's like a powder that I subsequently, after acquiring that, found uh, that someone sent me an article because they knew about the guy it. who got arrested. Some guy got arrested. <laughs> he did. I was like, "Fuck me!" And <laughs> I've also I've also got some pine cones and some pine needles that I've managed to smuggle through yeah. um, biosecurity into New Zealand and. Then, They've been like varnished up and they're kind of like display items that I've uh, um, it, I've got. It, as soon as you said you collected sand, the first thing that came to my mind was don't ask him if he took some from Augusta because of the guy that got put in jail. There you go. You dobbed oh, yourself man. in. Yeah. Shit. They're on me. The green jackets are coming. That's it. Well, he for anyone at home, look it up. It's a good story. Um, I reckon the guy had been enjoying the $2 beers too much, decided it was a perfect time to just duck under the rope and grab some of the, the – pure white sand that Augusta has. Um, I don't think he made it back to the rope. Maybe he did. Didn't walk too far and, yeah, was in jail. So um, they put him in jail overnight and um, that was it. So I think he got let out the next day, maybe a fine. But, yeah, they they don't take kindly to that at Augusta. I can guarantee he never got to come back again. So, yeah. (laughs) Reese is probably not going back again either now. I I had because I – Put them all into these little containers, and the and the overflow of what I got from Augusta, I've seen to Colt. Love it, love it. Yeah. He would love that. Yeah. I mean, thanks for that. That was good. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna run. Did you get? Do you get to watch much golf? I watch a lot of golf, but oh, lately good. I've been in this temporary rental sort of scenario, and our TV's kind of not really in a prominent place. So for a few months, we've just sort of not watched a lot of golf. It's been quite refreshing. My wife loves watching golf as well, which is quite nice. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah, she's really into it. She travelled me, so she's more about the, the the destinations and certain personalities and some yep. of the storylines. But hey, when it, when when we're in a sort of a normal living environment, the TV's often just got the golf on, and the it's similar to Australia, it's, it's pretty good viewing times in New Zealand. Like mm. Monday morning finishes, and 
you know, you have it on in the mornings and the weekend over your brekkie and all that. So I usually exactly. watch PGA Tour and European Tour is a bit bit of a tough watch because the the finishes come on pretty late. But when they're yeah. when they're in a uh, when they're in the Middle East, it's not bad because you get to see the first the, you know the first uh, part of the round. Yeah, my wife's the same. She's not a golfer at all. doesn't doesn't love golf, but she will walk through and say, "Oh, that's Pebble Beach," and then feels like dirty that she actually knows that's a golf course yeah. and which one it is because yeah, she she has to listen to me, you know, talk talk about golf twenty four seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, the golf this week on the PGA Tour was the Bermuda Championship uh, Camilo Viegas finished amazing two weeks so Nick Mills was on two weeks ago for anyone listening two weeks ago Nick Mills said that there's no way someone like Camilo Viegas is going to win in Mexico because he's too busy looking at the surf report he then went out and finished second that week and won this week so it's fair to say Camilo was a little bit you know, taken aback from, by Nick not believing in him at all uh, so yeah, well, I'm going to probably get onto Nick this week and find out who he thinks can't win and find out who that is and then put some money on them myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was nine years between wins. Um, he's had a really tough time. Obviously his daughter Mia passed mm-hmm. away, uh, which was terrible news, but just, um, watching him today and watching the last couple of days have that belief was just amazing that he can win a game. And he did talk about Adam Scott and changing his putter up. So he, he changed up the putter last year at the president's cup. Adam Scott was there putting with the lab putter and, um, yeah, he just said, oh, give us a look at that. You seem like you're making everything. He doesn't use a broomstick or the longer putter, but he got the shorter version and he says it's been amazing for him. I, I went and had a look at his putting stats. Um, it's a bit of a tricky one this week because they don't have the shot link stuff there, so you don't get any mm. of the strokes gain data. But um, he's pretty much losing a shot to the field with his putter every week since 2007. So 16 years he's been, been struggling with the putter. So I'd be very, very interested to see once he starts getting on some courses where I can see the data on his strokes game putting, whether it has turned around immensely. Big, big, big turnaround for him. That's a hmm. hell of a, hell of a uh, fight back. You can just understand why some guys slip away and you never hear of them again, but the ones oh, who's sure. played the fight and, and actually managed to pinch a win, he might not get another one again, but what an achievement. Unbelievable. I watched him play here in Melbourne. I was thinking about him um, back when he was doing the putting read when he sort of laid on the ground almost. And it was at Mooner Links where they're actually playing the Victorian PGA this week. He was here when they used to have the old Corn Ferry or the nationwide event here. Um, I reckon it was what Yawn Porter won, funnily enough. But um, yeah, I remember following him around a bit because he was an up and comer on the on the uh, US tour. Um, there's no one there, nobody, nobody following. No one knew who he was. But that's something that sticks out with with was following him around and watching him do that that putting uh, putting viewing stance. The the spider, the great, what a great character. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, for the gamblers out there, even though he finished tied second last week, he still was $111 on Sportsbet and $143 on Betfair this week to win. So if anyone did bet on him, good for you. Because, yeah, Nick Mills didn't, and I definitely didn't either. Um, it, it was a one out of the box. And it was a, all up, it was a very, very mixed up um, top five. So Alex Noren, Matty Schmidt, Carl Wan, Adam Scott, and Ryan Moore. So lots of different nationalities there through the top top five. Uh, the other events that we had, so the Gippsland Super 6 was on down here in Melbourne or Victoria. Um, Kiwi rookie Kerry Mountcastle beat Jake McLeod in the final. So they play stroke for the first three days. They get the top 24 and they say they play match play, but it's it's kind of not really match play in my mind. It's, you know, your best score over six holes. So you, you end up playing the, the, the six holes no matter what. And at the end of that, whoever's got the best score goes through the next round. Yeah. And I don't think anyone picked in the win. I don't know if you know anything about Kerry Mount, Mount Castle. I don't. And that, I'm going to sound bad by saying that, but no. a lot of people but, who know who that guy is and um, fair play to him. Always good to see the Kiwis doing well. We uh, often, uh, you know, 
you have a long time between drinks and you know it looks like a bloody good week for the Kiwis. so it does oh he yeah he was um the all they kept talking about on the coverage was he's an electrician by trade so he's an electrician by trade first year on tour um yeah i think he's probably played a handful of events and bang comes out and gets a win so amazing uh, amazing result yeah, Kerry, Kerry, Kerry golf's been in a pretty good place the last few years with you know obviously foxy and, and lydia been flying the flag but lydia back yeah 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 just it's just so good to to just to, to see you know happy days agree um it was unexpected that he'd win um he did flush some form he finished fourth at the wa open last month um and he's t10 at the png open earlier in the year but still i don't know what his odds were but i can tell you that Outside of maybe his family members, I don't know that many people would have been um, betting on him. So it was just great to see him win. And when he when he won, covered him in champagne or beers or whatever it was, and it was a bit chilly down in Gippsland, so it was a bit cold. And they asked him, you know, what do you think of the format? And I love the fact that he gave an honest answer. He goes, yeah, it's good. I wouldn't want to do it every week, but it's good for something different. I was like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love it. You know, give us the honest yeah, answer. Don't don't blow smoke. Tell yeah. us what you think. Yeah, that's what you, you want, yeah. You want honesty? That's great. You know, mm. it would be shit. It'd be pretty stinks seeing that every week. Imagine that. Yeah, standard Kiwi, very straight to the point. I loved it. It was very good. Um, the other event, well, one of the other events, I should say, the Ned Bank Championship. So over in South Africa, um, a few big names went over there. So Max Homer and Joss, Justin Thomas being the two. Max Homer proved again. He's clearly one of the best players in the world. He's number, I think it's number eight in the world now. Um, this event is so good. He was just the, the course looks amazing. You've, you've obviously would have been there before. That's probably the best event you can do on the European Tour in terms of fun. Eh? It's right up there. Yeah. I mean, I didn't do Leopard Creek, and that's a bit more of a safari week. But this one is just like a hell of a lot of fun. It's it's in a in a resort for sure, mm. in, a, in a resort in the in the middle of you know a, a, a strange place in the, you know, the central so oh, it's it cuts out of Johannesburg, but it's like you know it's. It's got everything you want for fun. There's got like a wave, like a wave pool. There's a little course next to it, the, the lost city you can go and play. Gary players busting out push ups left, yeah. right, and center. It's it's awesome. It um it probably makes for an not easy, but if you think about someone that says to Max Homer and Justin Thomas, you can come and come and play the Australian PGA in Queensland. It's great, you know, Brisbane city, or you can go and play the Ned Bank Championship over there. I I know which one I'd be going over and probably getting paid to play as well. Or even yeah, get, to the prize money. Doing, doing his little safari runs early in the week to relax. Yeah, exactly. The, the players will love it. And the golf course is like completely covered in that Kikuya grass. So the border sits up so perfect. Like you yep. get these absolutely perfect lies everywhere. So, you know, if a first time um, visitor with, you know, a ball striker like him, it's no surprise he's just gone. He's just ha ha had a week, eh? You know, Loves some of it. the shots in the highlights of anyone's season were exceptional. Like he just, yeah. He, every time you see him win or play well, you just see the confidence growing that he knows he's he's one of the best in the world, which is great. I mean, he shot 66, 68, 69, 66. He had three bogeys for the whole week, and he didn't have one after the fourth hole on Friday. So You want to go back through the list of champions of that, that on that golf course and that championship is just all the best flushes. Like the, it's yeah. all of the – they're all big names. They all win there. And I need to make a note for ball strikers next year when the Ned Bank comes around. Make sure that I'm looking at that because yeah, it, they just they all played well. Um, top five was or top four was closed out. Nic Nicolo Highgard, Thunder Bear played well. Thorborn Ollison, and then Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas, still not convinced he's playing good golf yet. I mean, obviously it's a weaker field there than what he's going to cop on the PGA Tour. I know that he played well in the in the event up in Napa, played you know brighter cup, but I, I really want to see him week in week out. On the, on the US tour against some of the best in the world to know that he's he's getting some form back. 
And the other event that we touched on quite early in the podcast, the Hong Kong Open was on. And another Kiwi wins, Ben Campbell, finished birdie birdie uh, to beat Cam Smith. And uh, I'm going to properly cook this name, um, Kachara Kongwat Mai in the Hong Kong Open. Um, he was leading for a long way. Uh, on the second last hole, I think a lot of people have seen, or sorry, the third last hole, 16, he uh, hit one into the shrubs and ended up getting to take relief with a massive tree branch that was all wrapped up in the tree roots. I think they picked it up as a, you know, movable, movable. He's made a most of himself in that, that tree. I haven't seen the footage, but I've heard it secondhand and I've done some reading on it. It's made a, he pretty much embarrassed himself. I think the, um, yeah, the uh the rules official lost control of the situation and and Cam and and I think it was his playing partner was right in there and not too happy, rightly so. But yeah, I think he ended up managed to hack it out after maybe three and then at that point he'd probably already cooked his chances and and then the maybe Cam had dropped dropped the kind of the debate, but you know, rightfully so feeling hard done by it. And I think it might have fired up Ben Campbell. I don't know if he was in that group or not, but I think he was it fired up Ben Campbell and it probably just gave him a bit of that if you um, kind of attitude to go and get it done with the strong finish. That was it. Exactly like you said. Um, Kongwat Mai eventually took it, whack at it, didn't get it out, got out the next time, makes double. They go to the 17th. At that point, he would had been leading by one. So he, with the double, he went backwards and Cam Smith was then leading by one. They The three of them went to 17. Um, Kongwat Mai and Campbell made birdies. So now all three are even together going down 18. Cam Smith put one in the rubbish, ended up having to chip out, and I reckon it was about 150 metres over water. Um, he had to make at least a par, um, and he absolutely stiff one, nearly hold out for birdie from with an unbelievable shot, um, ended up making the par. Um, Kongwat Mai made another horrendous bogey, but Ben Campbell made an awesome birdie, which which got in the win. It was, um, that, you could see... The hole is awkward too. Yeah, the shot over, and they had it right over the top of the water. It wasn't... You know, you were firing into that right side of the green. Anything that had a bit of spin on it that was coming back down could definitely come off the front, which I saw a few groups do. Um, but yeah, it was just good. It was good to see someone win that wasn't expected. I mean, everyone that was probably looking at this event was thinking, oh, Cam Smith will just win that. Or one of the live guys will just come win that. That's just the way it works. But just good to see someone different win. Great week on tour, that one. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Hong, Hong Kong would Kong. be a good city in general, let alone if you're, if you're there working on the goal. Just the... New York of Asia, I reckon, Hong Kong. Yeah, I do. Uh, had a mate on the weekend here um, who was over for, he's actually only over for about 30 hours for a party we went to on Saturday night from Hong Kong. And uh, yeah, I said to him, um, you know, maybe I'll come over for the races in December. He's like, yeah, it'd be a good, good trip. We've been over for a few times. So yeah, yeah. I, won't, I won't be able to play uh, Hong Kong Golf Club, but I did, last time I was over there, I did play um, Clearwater Bay. So maybe I can um, try and get cool. over and do that again, which would be awesome. Yeah. The picks that we had on the email. So if you do want the email, I'll, I'll tell you now. It's, it's threepartpodcast.gmail.com. Flick me an email and I'll give you the full rundown each week on every event. Um, I say that early because we didn't pick any winners last week. So if you do want it, it doesn't work. You can, you know, it's, it's betting on golf. is very, very difficult. Uh, we, didn't get, we didn't get anything close, really. We had one thing collect, which was Justin Lauer to finish top 20, and that paid about $3.30. The rest of them were just nowhere near it. Um, the US Tour, I think the best web was around a T20. Uh, first round leader, no good. Um, in the around the grounds tips, we did put up some picks for the Gippsland Super Six. Didn't have the winner there, and, and Rasmus Hoygaard uh, was the best we had in the Ned Bank. I think he was about six or seven. So it was a tough week, um, but again, it wasn't probably one of those weeks in this off season where anyone's really betting too heavy. Hopefully, 
Uh, this week's event is the RSM Classic. It's one for the Sea Island Mafia. It's at Sea Island Golf Club um, at St. Simon's Island in Georgia. Uh, it is played over two courses. So Seaside Course is the main course, and they have the Plantation Course there as well. So Thursday and Friday, each of them play one and the, or the other and then flip on the other day. And then over the weekend, they play Seaside for both days. So even though we have got two courses, they're only playing one round on the Plantation. So all the strokes gain data that we're pulling in is only for the Seaside because it is the main course for at least three rounds. Um, it, it's it's going to be one that I'm really expecting to see. I know guys that are playing playing reasonably well coming in or, or have um, good form here as the ones that I'm probably going to lean to. But then over overlay the same stats that I really want to see. So the main stats that I'm looking at this week, putting on Bermuda, I want someone that's good with strokes gained approach from 125 to 175 yards. I've had a look at it, and about 40% of the shots, approach shots on average come from that distance. So that covers a fair bit of the play. I feel like it's a course where you want to be a bit accurate, especially the seaside course. Um, there's a few overhanging trees there I know and other bits and pieces where you need to be in the right spot. So I want to be accurate off the tee. Um, strokes gain tee to green always shows up here as something that you need to be playing reasonably well at, and greens in reg. And it's a course where um, you just want to be making sure, sure you're hitting those greens. So I'm rolling those all up to give me a, a best guesstimate, I could say. Last year, Adam Svensson won. Uh, he beat Brian Harmon, Sahith Gala, and Callum Tarrant um, at 19 under. And previous winners, a lot of um, couple of live boys here. So Taylor Gooch won here, Robert Streb, Tyler Duncan, Charles Howe III, Austin Cook, and Mackenzie Hughes. Uh, this week, the biggest names playing, again, it is the off-season, so we are scraping the barrel a little bit towards the end. Uh, Brian Harmon, who is the Open Championship winner, uh, Cameron Young, Russell Henley, Corey Connors, Harris English, Siwoo Kim, and Ludwig Aberg. Now, now that I've got through all the data and all the info, that's the most important part. It's not really, but it is. Um, you've, been, you've been given the prep. It's about Mike versus the mug. So, Reese, you get to pick three players um, who you think might win. I wasn't um, given that prep. You gave me a link to choose three players from. <laughs> I'm now not that giving you the players the data, as well. I've just done a scatter. I've just done a scatter gun. <laughs> look through. I haven't had time to go through the data like you just did and, and that's, really match up uh, the players against that blueprint. But um, That's the whole idea. Otherwise, I'll be giving that money every week. <laughs> yeah. So, <clears throat> you want who three? Have we got? Yeah, do it. Who have we got? Oh, yeah. So... I uh, went for the Swedish slammer Ludwig Aberg. That name jumped out at me. I think, uh, as be. I say, I haven't done. I don't know the horses for courses for this particular outing. But um, a man on a trajectory, you know, he's he's look. I'd say he's whether it's this week or not, he's probably going to pinch a couple of wins in the next season or so. So you know, why not now? Um, number two would be Akshay Bahida. Not only is it a great name to just say, it kind of rolls off the tongue. He's a, a swashbuckling slinger. And uh, I love the way he gets his feet off the ground and absolutely batters that golf ball. So um, whether that aligns with your blueprint, I don't really care. Is one of my picks. Um, and thirdly, is probably an opposite of these two, those initial two, is Aaron Rye, the two glove plotter. Um, yes, always had a lot of lot of respect from him. Anyone who comes through the European Tour battles away at some of those smaller events and does the, does the hard yards that way. He's um, yeah. He's he's a grafter, and I think he won at Hong Kong. Actually, he might have um, picked up a victory at Fanling, but um, yep. that has nothing to do with your data because he's just a name I like, and um, yeah, hope he can come through and get the, give us the goods. So this is why, this is why when I do this, I love 
having someone that just comes on and picks people that they like versus someone like me, right? And I'll tell you why. So if I was having a bet right now and I could only pick three people, two of them would be two of the guys you picked. So Ludwig Aberg would be my number one pick. I think he's going to be my number one bet this week. I think his odds are going to be pretty light because the odds aren't out yet. We're recording quite early. But there's not many tournaments on tour that he's played, and he did come here two years ago and played when he was at uni. Um, He's playing exceptional golf. For a guy whose last three starts on the PGA Tour, 10th, 13th, and 2nd. So tick, tick, tick. And that that just stacks up perfectly. And Akshay Bhatia, I mean, he he finished 45th here last year, but he's finished 20th, 10th, 21st, his last three starts on tour. And overall in the data, when I rank all my players, he ranks number 18. So... I think I've done him a duty with my pronunciation there, didn't I? No, no, you see, you're that right. What's your favorite? <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, and you said Aaron Rye. So Aaron Rye, of all things, he ranks number six in the field for me uh, in numbers. Okay. So he finished 16th here two years ago. Uh, and then recently, he's finished 21st at the Zozo and 28th at the Shriners. So again, for someone who's not doing any form, great picks. Um, take Take them all. Take them all. All good picks. Uh, for me, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go outside the box. So, um, if worst case scenario, I have to give up fifty bucks to charity. That's fine. The first person I'm gonna come up with is Russell Henley. Uh, Russell Henley's got. He ranks third in my data. He's finished twenty second and thirtieth here in his last two attempts. But he does have a handful of top tens about six seven years ago. Uh, the course has changed a little bit, but he hasn't played in a while. So, my biggest concern with him is even though he's got the right stats for here and plays, it has played well here historically. He hasn't played. I don't think since they've started the new season, nor the, the the other end of the season. Uh, the next one is going to be a really really similar player. So Corey Connors, the the Canadian. Um, again, his his stats here are really good. He ranks number two behind Aberg in my numbers, twenty second and tenth in his last two starts here, twenty third a few years before that, but hasn't played recently. So two guys that it's like, yeah, not sure how you're going, but you know we'll just see how we go. The last one I'm going to go with a bit of a bit of a dude who. Cost me last week, but I'm going to add him in again. Um, and that's the Gim Reaper, Doug Gim. So he's played one good event here at 18th a couple of years ago. He's 15th at the Worldwide Technologies. He's had three cuts around that, but he stacks up really well in data. So again, he's one of those guys I'm going to pick, but with no no belief at all he's going to play well, but it, it's just going to be a bit of a throw at the time. So it's either going to be him or the defending champ, Adam Svensson. But I'll take Doug Gim because he rates just slightly above him. I know people sometimes like it when I read down the list of the top 15 guys that I've got in the data. So I'll just quickly run through those. Uh, Aberg on top, Corey Connors, Russell Henley, Ryan Moore, Brian Harmon, Aaron Rye, Doug Gim, Adam Svensson, Dylan Wu, Nate Lashley, Cameron Young, Siwoo Kim, Chris Kirk, JT Poston, and Brendan Todd. So the people that rate the highest for me. So, But for us, Mike versus the mug, you're the mug. Sorry, mate. Um, you've got Ludwig Aberg, Akshay Bhatia, and Aaron Rye. I've got Corey Connors, Russell Henley, and Doug Gim. So, charity-wise, are you happy to go with Lifeline, or do you have someone else you'd like me to give some money to? Uh, that's good, mate. Good course. Happy for that. Happy with that? Cool. Okay. Um, the other events this week that I'll put in the email will be the DP World Tour's got the Tour Championship on this week, and the Victorian PGA's at Noonal Links here in Melbourne. You've so, already crowned things. Rory, I see. They have, yeah. Well, no one can catch him, so write him another check. Um, I don't know how many events he's won on on uh, on DP World Tour this year, but he definitely has played well in the majors, which I think went through a long way to getting him there. I saw a few articles today about the fact that it would have been nice to be able to have it still up in the 
up and about and someone able to win, like maybe a Moronk or something. But I don't know. I think he's... Well, kind of like the Premier League, right? You can have it wrapped up before the last game of the season. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, if anyone wants to follow, uh, it's 3 Putt Podcast on Instagram. It's 3 Putt Pod on Twitter. And it's 3 Putt Podcast at Gmail if you want to get onto the emails. Um, and I'll click out the email each week with all the tips and the breakdown of the course and everything else I've sort of gone through, but in a lot more depth. Um, Reese, really, really appreciate your time. Thank you very, very much, especially in Kiwi time. Yeah, no worries. That was cool. Too much. Um, and yes, I'll be making sure to uh, put the picks up so everyone can follow along. Um, and if anyone wants to follow you on the socials, Reese, what's the best the best one to follow you on? Oh, I don't do a lot. I'm fairly passive, but I old man par with the it's spelled A U L D. Yeah, man par. But LinkedIn's probably my thing. It's probably where I'm planning to get a bit more active in there in the in the coming in the coming uh you know in the coming days and months and whatever. But yeah, Instagram or LinkedIn. And check out the latest edition of Link's Diary or the old back catalogs. You can see some stuff there. I um, really, really highly recommend it for some great picks and some great stories. And, and Reese has been a big part of that journey. Um, mate, cool, thanks mate. again. Appreciate it. Greatly yeah. appreciate it. Uh, thanks a lot, mate. Thanks for having me.